Dear friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station, Cowboy Country, right there in North Florida, South Georgia. We welcome you today. And if you're listening by computer, we welcome you today. If you're listening from our website, uh, this broadcast, we welcome you today. And we pray that God's Word will inspire you, inform you, uh, will will trigger something deep inside you. If you're a Christian today, uh, we're in a race. We have a course to finish, and we believe that that God is going to to instill in us something in a special kind of anointing for those living in the perilous times of the last days. Amen. And I believe God is going to raise up a mighty, glorious bride and church before Jesus comes. And I believe He wants to show her off to the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. That the world might see authentic Christianity, men and women of God living their life with passion and enthusiasm for Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't believe he just wants to come and take us away from here until he declares that he is able to keep what we have committed unto him against that day. And he's able to keep you and me in this fallen world, in these faulty bodies with this enemy called the devil. Praise God, because greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world. There's victory for you and me today. And if you're not a Christian today, we would love to have you go with us in the Word of God. Please stay tuned to this broadcast, to this teaching today. We're going to be talking about winning the race and receiving the crown. Winning the race, receiving the crown out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. Just before we get into our study today, we would like to invite you to come to our website. If you would just type in T-H-C-O-G. That stands for The Holy Church of God, incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. If you type it in another way, easy to remember, Pastor Robert Venable, V as in victory, <laughs> E-N-A-B-L-E. That will also take you to our website, and uh, the, everything is free. There's no charge, no strings, and, and if it can inform you, edify you, inspire you, uh, we would love you to come, and, and, and anything you find, we have the scripture to, to pictures put there by our web minister, and it's a blessing. You see the scriptures uh, with the pictures that help it to, to just be almost three-dimensional. It just jumps out at you and gets a hold of you. Praise God. Amen. So please come and, and, you, and be welcome to, to use any of those materials uh, for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27, winning the race, receiving the crown. Paul says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye might obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we 
and incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. In other words, Paul said, I'm not shadow boxing. I have an opponent. My target is that opponent. I'm committed to defeat that opponent. And in verse 27, before any mention of Satan or the powers of darkness, he talks about that opponent that is so close to us, sometimes we are deflected from the real, real weak part of our life uh, to the enemy that comes against us. And I'm going to tell you, if you defeat the flesh today, (laughs) you can defeat the world and the devil. But if you don't deal effectively with our old flesh nature, you see your spirit's been reborn, but your flesh is still your flesh. Your spirit has been translated out of the powers of darkness and you're being renewed in the, in the spirit of your mind. But your body is still part of that old man. Listen to what he said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This is why Christ said this disciplining of the flesh is why he said, speaking of our old self, that part of us, that last part of us that is to be redeemed is our physical body. Wherein is that weakness, that Adam nature still abides in that part of us. Listen to this very carefully today. If I can defeat my flesh, I can defeat the devil because he appeals to my flesh through every temptation that comes. You know, the Bible said in the book of James, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is led away of his own lust and enticed sin when conceived lust conceived bringeth forth sin and sin when it's finished still brings forth death all friend of mine the scripture doesn't just say to put your armor on and defeat the devil or resist the devil by just putting on god's armor it says this submit yourself therefore unto god and resist the devil not resist the devil without submitting to God. You see, that's where the conflict is. That's why Paul said, I'm not shadowboxing here. Before I even uh, even begin to fight and resist and overcome the enemy of my soul, the devil, I want to overcome myself. Oh, friend of mine, I don't know if you remember the old Pogo a political satire that was in the paper years ago, if you're old enough to remember that. But one of the things that came out of that that was often quoted was Pogo making this statement, I have, I have met the enemy, and it's us. Friend of mine, you have an enemy in the flesh, and that's why Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, if you really want to be my disciple, it starts with self denial. For if any man would follow me, he must deny himself, literally give up all right to self, and he must take up his cross, and then, and only then, can he follow me. Then we can 
follow Christ. Amen. And when we do, there's a victory over self initially, and then a victory over sin. Because this is the reason we sin, is because we haven't conquered and denied self. But, oh, friend, if you're going to get in a race, it involves a discipline. But not just a discipline. A discipline that is born out of devotion. And Paul said, I'm looking to win this crown because I'm running for more than me. I'm not running for the corruptible crown of of, uh, transient, transient passing glory for myself. I'm running to bring glory and honor to my King, to my God. Hallelujah. To my Savior, to my Jesus. Amen. And we talked about the crown of life. Eternal life. There's nothing in this world that should be more important to you and to me than what happens after we die. Where we're going to spend eternity. Friend, I'm running today because the great prize to me for, 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 for all that, that Christ has done on the cross in my behalf is eternal life. And I'm running full out to show Him the appreciation for what He's done. I'm running with passion. Oh, I want to praise Him with everything that's in me. I want to preach until Christ comes or I go to be with Him. And I hope that in my final breath, there is a praise for God. (laughs) And if somebody's in the room that needs to know the Lord, that they can hear the gospel. Uh, Oh, friend, that's why we're on the radio today. There's no ulterior motive here. Our church itself, numerically, where we we are in Tampa, hasn't grown by one person as a result of these years on radio. But the kingdom of God is growing because I'm convinced that someone in the listening audience has received Jesus Christ as their Savior. You say, Preacher, how do you know? If they don't write you a letter, if they don't call the radio station, how will you ever know? I may never know until I get to heaven, but I know this. I know that we are bringing the Word of God week after week after week. And the Scripture is very, very clear. The Bible said of God's Word that my Word will not return to me void. It's like the rain and the snow that comes down out of heaven and watereth the earth and causes it to bring forth and to bud. So shall the Word be, God says, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall accomplish that that I desire. It will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Praise God. Now, God is saying all this through the prophet of old. And He speaks through men and women today. But He is speaking by His Word. And His Word is powerful. It's it's sharp and powerful, the Scripture declares of itself. And sharper than two, it's quick, alive, and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Praise God. I'm convinced there's someone listening to this broadcast right now that God is going to speak to directly and distinctly. And He's going to call you to get in this race with us because you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you receive the crown 
of life. Hallelujah. Not only do we have the crown of life that was spoken of in James 1.12. Listen to it. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Friend of mine, we will overcome. We will overcome because what we, who we are running for and what we are running to is worth all of the pressures and all of the trials and all of the tests and all of the temptations that the enemy is going to throw at us. Praise God. There is victory in Jesus for those that will run with this kind of commitment, this kind of devotion that produces this kind of discipline. And there's another crown that we should have in view, and that's the crown of righteousness. And we read about that in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. Paul writing to Timothy and speaking of his own devotion and wanting to impart that and encourage that and instill that in Timothy. Listen to what he says. He says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. A friend of mine, if the greatest event that could occur in your life today is not a Bentley or a Maserati or a, a Rolls Royce or a mansion on a hill, but if Jesus coming would be the greatest event, the greatest desire of your heart is to see Him and to live with Him forever in a new heaven and a new earth. If that is your heart, if you are longing for Him, friend, I'll guarantee you, you're looking for Him. Praise God. And that day won't come upon us as a thief. He will be expected, and we will be living in that state of expectancy because we love Him. He said, This crown is not unique to me because of my many gifts and my many accomplishments, but to every one that loves His appearing. It's appropriately called the crown of righteousness because it will be recompensed for our service to the Lord. God's smile of approval will outshine the jewels and gold of the heavenly city. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 25 and verse 21. He said, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. Hallelujah. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You see, when the first love is present in our hearts, we have a strong desire to please God. 
to enter, incur his favor, to express love by faithfulness and obedience. And that's what the Bible is talking about in Hebrews 6, verse uh, 11, 10 and 11. Let's read both. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and, listen, labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Hallelujah. This, this renewed desire to please God will motivate us to live and serve Him with enthusiasm, to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Praise God. To see it not as a job, but as a joy to serve the Lord. You know, my first years of pastoring, I, I saw it as a job. And I burnt out. I went through nervous exhaustion. It almost killed me because I didn't have the joy in serving Him. I didn't serve Him with gladness. I served Him with this sense of responsibility and this always feeling this pressure on me. Oh, friend of mine. What a joy it was when I just realized that I wasn't trying to earn His love. I wasn't trying to work my way to heaven. I was serving a wonderful Master who loved me, not because I was preaching His gospel, but because I had received His Son as my Savior and accepted God as my heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Amen. And what a joy it's going to be for me to hear Him say on that day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The only way that I can be a good and faithful servant is not to burn out, <laughs> you know, because of the job and all of the pressures of the job. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's pressures in this job I should preach someday on take this job and love it. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, listen, here's the statistics today. You may be a minister listening to this broadcast. You may be a Christian that feel that serving the Lord is a burdensome, heavy thing. It's not supposed to be that way. There's supposed to be a joy in it. There's supposed to be a gladness in it that gives us an incentive and an enthusiasm. Even though we sacrifice, we do it with joy. We're glad to do it. And we fulfill the scripture that says, Serve the Lord with gladness, all ye lands. Come before His presence with singing. I believe we ought to hear more singing and less sighing in the body of Christ today. 1,800 men and women will leave the pulpit, will leave the pastorate every single month. That adds up to roughly around 20,000 people a year that will leave the ministry. Therefore, a book has been written based on those statistics and realities, pastors and endangered species. The gorilla they just had to kill 
uh, in, in the zoo, I think, in Ohio because of the three-year-old, the toddler that fell into the, to the confines and, and uh, they felt like they had no choice. And that's debatable and that's controversial, but the, the gorilla they killed was in danger. There's not many of that kind of gorilla left in all of the world. And there's a double tragedy, one that a child's life was put in such peril and danger, but also that an endangered species, that there will be no more when they're gone, no more anywhere in the world, was killed. And friend of mine, there was a book written called Pastors, An Endangered Species. It's a hard job, but it is a wonderful opportunity and a joy to serve the Lord by serving His people. Friend of mine, I lost that joy. It became a job, and it broke me. But God, in my brokenness, decided in His grace, His mercy, not to sideline me, not to put me out to pasture, but to restore my soul and to give me back the years that the canker worm, caterpillar, locust, and grasshopper hath eaten. Listen, God is restoring my soul. And I really believe that He has saved the best wine for the last. And friend of mine, I'm running full out for Jesus Christ. With everything that I have, I'm giving my best for the Lord now. Praise God. I don't want to rust out. I want to burn out. And I don't mean burn out by being overcome by the stress of it. I mean, I want to pour my life out. That's what Paul said when he said, Amen, I'm ready to be offered up. It literally meant the drink offering he was referring to that was poured out before the Lord, all of it to the last drop. And Paul is saying that I love him so much. And I want to serve Him with everything I am and everything I have. I want to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So He poured His life out to the last drop, and the last drop was about to occur. And He knew He was going to be martyred. But his course had been finished. He didn't have a family and he didn't have anything else to accomplish in this world. And he said, I'm going to get my crown. Praise God. It is said when D.L. Moody was dying, he was such a dynamic preacher. He had such a powerful anointing on his life. They didn't want to lose this, this, this wonderful man of God that was reaching so many for Christ. And they were praying like we always do. And, and I think we always should. They were praying for his deliverance. They wanted to keep him here a while longer. In fact, as long as they possibly could. And they were gathered in the room praying for him to be raised up when it was time for him to go home. Time for his departure, and he would go into that that sleep and 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 of unconsciousness, and then he would wake up and become lucid. And in one of those lucid moments, he heard them praying, and he heard them saying, "Lord, let us keep him. Lord, heal him. Lord, raise him up." But he knew he had lived his life. He had fought the good fight, he had kept the faith, and he knew he had finished his course. 
and the time of his departure was at hand. And he knew a crown was ready. So he told them, to those that witnessed that and, and gave the testimony of it, when he became lucid and heard them praying for him to stay, he said, don't pray for me to stay here. This is my coronation day. You see, Moody had that crown in view. And Paul had that crown in view. Oh, to hear the master say, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a song, an old camp meeting hymn, uh, talking about being on the battlefield for our Lord. And, and, and one day, it says, I will lay my armor down. I fought the good fight. There's no more fighting to be done. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I will lay my armor down, and I will take up my robe and crown and walk the golden streets with my Lord. Hallelujah. We need this renewed desire to serve God to the very last drop of energy and strength and, 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 and any gifts that we may have to, to use them. See, Timothy was in danger of of letting that fire go out when Paul wrote to him, out of discouragement and distraction. And Paul told him to stir up the gift that is in you by the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. For God didn't give us that spirit of timidity, that drawback spirit, that pull your head in like a turtle spirit. He gave us the spirit of power. And He gave us the spirit of love. And He gave us the spirit of a sound mind. That word sound is not like sound doctrine. This is a different Greek word. It means a mind that is disciplined. A mind that is set. That not just double-mindedness, but, but an absolutely setting of the mind. Praise God. Renewed in the spirit of our mind. And God caused Timothy by the exhortation of Paul and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to get that flame back, that passion back, and to not be sidelined, but to run the race. Hallelujah. And friend of mine, there may be a minister listening today, and I feel because of the course of this teaching, the way the Spirit has moved today, that, that, that you feel like being sidelined today. I felt it. I still feel it sometimes. But I'm telling you, this is not a job. This is a joy to serve the Lord. I have a crown in view. Get the crown back in view because you get the Christ that died for you, saved you, that stimulated in you the first love that caused you to say, Lord, take this whole world, but give me Jesus I won't turn back. I won't turn back. If you're one of those 1,800 about to quit the race and get out of the race, friend of mine, it's time to get back in the race. Oh, friend, God still loves you. God will back you up. God will raise you up. Hallelujah. And we're trying to help you. You know, the Scripture said... If you see somebody in that discouraged condition, lift up the hands that hang down and strengthen 
the feeble knee, lest it be turned out of the way. Oh, friend, today, if you're a Christian and you're discouraged and you're disheartened and you feel like my prayers are not accomplishing anything and my testimony is not bringing anybody to Christ, the enemy fears your prayers. The enemy fears your testimony because more than we, our enemy knows the real power of it. Oh, you can't see what's happening in the heavenlies when we pray. We can't see the impact and the importance of our testimony to others if we don't see that immediate change. But I am convinced that our prayers of intercession, our testimonies of God's grace and goodness is having a powerful, profound effect on others. And I believe that you and I are going to meet people in heaven that we had no idea that our prayers and our witness had impacted, but it did. Hallelujah. And I'm convinced somebody is going to run up to me on the streets of glory and hug my neck and say, Preacher, I am so glad that you live for God, preached the gospel, told me about Jesus, people I've never met until I get home. So, friend of mine, I pray you'll get back in the race. Run it with perseverance. Jesus is coming soon. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, I pray you will confess your sin, repent, and receive Him and get in this race with us. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.